Welcome to the American Roadrunner Podcast. Glad you could join us for this episode. I am your host, Bob Marshall. Here we share stories from the road, all tales from our two-wheeled motorcycle machines. Whether you're a beginner or advanced rider, on-road or off-road, wrencher, racer, commuter, or just a weekend warrior, this is the podcast for you. Named after the book, American Roadrunner. Enjoy, my fellows. I gotta tell you, man, we got a good podcast here today for you. But I'm also going to warn you, it gets a little dark, gets a little deep, a little bright, and a little brilliant. We'll get to that in a minute. First of all, uh, I haven't been releasing any podcasts the last few weeks. Been uh, pretty busy up in Durango with the Four Cornered Motorcycle Show. Also, I've been busy building a new studio here in my house, a sound studio to do a bunch of cool stuff that I'm excited to do in the near and far future. I'll be making some announcements on that soon enough. Uh, I've had a few people ask me how to support the show. Well, as you noticed, there's uh, not too many commercials anymore these days or thanks from supporters. The answer is because everything's done on a 20-episode setup. So if you're interested in supporting the show for uh, $100, we get you in uh, for 20 episodes and put the little blurps in. Feel free to look up any of my social media and send me a direct message or instant message or carrier pigeon or fax, email, whatever works. It's all available. We can get you and your brand on the show in the blurps and the way I do it. And uh, we're actually mixing that up a bit. We're going to have another announcer for that. So that's going to be pretty exciting. So if you're interested, let me know. Other ways to support the show, as you've probably noticed, I haven't uh, subscribed or signed on to the Patreon program yet. I'm just a little more comfortable saying feel free to buy my book. You can find that on the website. Uh, or on Amazon, American Roadrunner. The book is available in hardback or digital e-format just about everywhere. And, uh, you know, if you really want to support, don't forget to buy a copy for your mom, your dad, your sister, your great aunt, your second cousin, girlfriends, lovers, whatever works. It uh, always makes a great gift, and as we've noticed, Christmas time is coming, as well as the other holidays that people might celebrate. This uh, episode I've had to break up into a few parts. It got to be a little long, and that's okay. I get to sit down with uh, my dear friend Beulah May. You may know her from the podcast Girl on a Moto. She is the uh, other half of that fame podcast that I know I always enjoy listening to. And uh, we sit down and solve a few of the world's problems on the road, on two wheels. Hope you enjoy and get a lot out of it, as I know I did. But if you're sensitive to the subjects of good and bad and life and death, this may not be the podcast for you. Otherwise, enjoy. Beulah May, 
and her healing road. Hello, Gulame. Hi, Bob. Because <laughs> that wasn't creepy. Yeah, this isn't awkward at all. Mm. Well, it could be worse. It could be in my studio, in my bedroom. <laughs> and then what? People would really think that was odd. Hey, you want to borrow my lighter? Sure. We're going to smoke it up. I can't remember the last time I smoked in someone's house. This is super weird. Well, it's a really old house. It opens up like a dang porch, you know? Thank you, darling. Except we're not doing that right now. We're not on the porch? Can you reach that? Yeah. Let's move this around. Beulah May. Here we are. Beulah May, Beulah May. I asked to be on your podcast. You didn't even invite me. I invited myself. <laughs> you're always welcome to invite your... You are the love of my life, so... You're always welcome to invite yourself. <laughs> we should tell that story sometime. That'd be funny. What story? How you became the love oh. of my life. <laughs> I told myself. you to. <laughs> you told me to. We were... I was standing in front of Annette, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> she knows all about it. And you said, uh, where were we? We were at... at oh, we are at my book signing. Yeah. That's right. We're at my book release. Mm-hmm. Party, the book, American Roadrunner, just in case any listeners are wondering. But yeah, there we are at uh, the signing. And I said, What's that coffee shop called? It's, it's like... Back, back to the Grind. Back to the Grind, right. Yeah, on university. I was blinking for a second. Mm. One of my favorite places. Mm-hmm. I had some good memories there. And I said, who should I make this out to? And you said, the love of your life, of course. <laughs> I wrote it real big, too. The love <laughs> of my life, Beulah. <laughs> I think I was joking, because sometimes your family might call you by another name, but we're not going to talk about that. I it's answer to no other name. Than Beulah. That's correct. Beulah May. This thing's going to be a problem. That's good. I set up my studio in my bedroom. Come here. I got too much crap. Thank you. That's all pretty cool crap, too. I got some... Cool patches from last runs. I got some computers. I got some typewriters. Not sure what all <laughs> that's about. I'm surprised you haven't run out of here screaming. <laughs> it's a little scary in here, right? This is definitely the batch pad. For sure. The Flying Marshall Laboratory. You know why we call it the Flying Marshall Laboratory? Well, it's my house. I can call it whatever I want. <laughs> Flying Marshall Racing. That's the name of my race team. See, it's even on my coffee mug. I got all over the place. Yeah, you do. Family race team. Marshall's my last name. <laughs> Just in case you didn't know that. Mm. Is your coffee good? Yes, thank I you. I made it myself. The color of hot cocoa. Well, thank it's the only God. way I drink coffee. <laughs> thank God Annette keeps some foo-foo creamer in the fridge. Thanks, Annette. Mm-hmm. Saved the day. How you been? Uh, I'm good. I had a good couple of days in a row, so that's um, good. <laughs> oh. Well, you've gotten around a lot in the last year. Hey, hey, hey. I have wow. a reputation to uphold, that's sir. That's all wrong. <laughs> you've what got, have you heard? You've gotten a <laughs> who's ride around. <laughs> who's been telling you things? Oh, gosh. That came out all wrong. It's supposed to be in the cone of silence. Mm. Everyone yeah. with me, everyone who is friends with me is familiar with the cone of silence. That's funny. You want to try that question again? Yeah. And <laughs> not insult me? Heard you got... <laughs> well, if it's going to be someone, it might as well be your asshole friend, Bob. Uh, heard you gotten to cruise around on your scoot quite a bit lately. 
yeah, this last year has been, um, I was pretty lucky with my time and made the most of it. Yeah. Because now I don't have that time because I am gainfully employed. All this right. is weird with all these wires. Can we? Is it too much? We can move it. I don't want to. Yeah, it's got to make a bunch of noise. Pardon me, listener. No, we're going to go like this. Like that. Can I go like that? Like They're cool mics. They work well, but no, yeah, they do. Got a little. I can't. See I can you. see right through my. Do you real? I'm not that pretty. You don't need to see well, me. Well, I. I do. I can see you just fine, though. All right. Is that good? Yeah. Is that good? Sounds good. Quality's yeah. good. Okay. Yeah. It looks. Looks right. good. Levels look good. Um. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Been a little rough the last year. Yeah. You got into ride a lot, though. Yeah. So, um, we can talk about that. So, the first couple... I don't know how we... Okay, so this is what I'm struggling with right now. Yes, ma'am. Uh, announcing my widowhood. Widowhood's a big one. Um, I'm not sure when to bring it up or how, and especially to the new people in my life. Yeah. People that didn't know Mikey. Right. My husband of 20 years who passed away in a car accident almost a year ago. Yeah. Um, and the hardest part, especially with new people, um, is because I can still talk about him like in present tense. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my husband did this. Mikey did that. Mikey and I went on this camp out. Um, and I'm not sure. Ugh, I feel like a responsibility to tell people just to like put my conversations in context Sure. But to a stranger who doesn't who doesn't know me, like people outside of work or people who didn't know Mikey, um, it's like then they're coming up with something to say to me, and it's like no, 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 no. Yeah. I'm just I'm just saying this to like, like I said, put it in context. Yeah. Um, and then today, I I realized, and this is one thing that was really sweet of my friends and people, <clears throat> uh, people around me when it happened and they came to the house and were visiting with me and stuff is it gave them an opportunity to tell about people that they lost in their lives. Sure. Like I had a friend who lost her mom when she was seven and I didn't, I didn't know. And I've known her for a few years. We've been riding around and it's like, they don't have the opportunity to bring that up, but she brought it up to me and told me how she felt. And you know, I'm like trying to look through, look at her through my kid's eyes to like get some, perspective on it and you know put it together but anyways the point is today i had i dropped the bomb at work just because it's just was starting to feel weird sure and um i think i think i i made it more weird (laughs) because (laughs) i don't know what i'm doing i don't know how to do it yet so like i said my piece and then it was like oh okay well let's talk about the next thing we have to start putting together in the in the warehouse or whatever right and um i think i should have given them an opportunity to maybe say I don't know. I should have left the natural. opening. Yeah. I should have left the opening for them to to say something back about it. Because I don't want to hear them say sorry. Because they don't know me and they didn't know him. Right. So. Um, and it does mean a lot to people to get to give their condolences, mm-hmm. their best wishes. But I, I'm not asking for that. You're right. So that feels like, ugh, It I is know. hard because it's like you've shared your story with them, though. Right. And so naturally in return, unfortunately, I've been around a lot. Mm-hmm. With friends who have lost, other friends who have lost spouses, myself losing my dad, which is a bit more natural, of course, but 
people want now now you shared your story with them as i've written a book now yeah they get to share their story with you yeah i i need to leave oh, that space yeah. i need to leave that space i think in the future i'm it's, working on it it's hard i'm trying to it's figure it out easy. it's not easy at all and it takes a lot so that's that what was the question you asked me <laughs> oh about writing You're so writing. so let's do a lot of writing since right. then. So let's go back to that. So for the first couple months, and even now, like I'm still um, struggling with sleep. It's been getting better and having this new job because I was basically off for the last year. Um, The new job's giving me stability and a schedule instead of like, you know, work for four days, make a bunch of money, and then go ride your motorcycle for two weeks. Um, Now, what what were you doing to make a lot of money for four days, Beulah? You weren't. Um... Back before this, you mean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Okay, I'm going to ring the bell now. That was a sexual innuendo. Oh, it was? It totally went over my head. <laughs> That's great. I give up. I give up. Well, I'm glad you kept your clothes on to make money. <laughs> yeah, that's true. My clothes are on, yeah. for sure. Although, if they um, were off. I don't no, it was a... It, uh, I'll call it my side hustle. Cool. My side hustle. Cool. And now I'm in a legitimate hustle. That's good. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so the first couple months, like really, like I would sleep maybe an hour at a, at a stretch yeah. and maybe two, three, four hours a night. Waking up with nightmares? Uh, no, I just couldn't sleep like, um, racing thoughts. Mm-hmm. So that's what I still struggle with is racing thoughts. Yeah. Just like choose your own adventure. But like, I like looking down every path of like, is this what I need to do? Is this who I should be talking to? Uh, is that, like, what's my next project? Where am I going to go? How much, like just everything. <clears throat> so, uh, the first couple months, like, and I mean, you know me, I, I lost a bunch of weight too. You lost a bit of weight. And We've all been worried, but you're keeping, you look good. Don't get me wrong. No. And I'm like, I'm not even sad about it. Like that's the, mm-hmm. like the weight that I was like kind of trying to lose anyways, but well, we're just... jealous. That's all it is. <laughs> we're just jealous. That's all um, and, and I do feel healthy now. Uh, like physically, like I feel strong and everything, but the sleep, I'm still working on getting a good pattern, my getting my circadian rhythm back in. It's a big one. Yeah. Um, so the first few months, uh, just like running around, having to do paperwork. And when I'm out, when I was out, like driving around trying to like, you know, button up all this business type stuff. It's a lot of business. Um, I just like I I would see a McDonald's or a Del Taco and it just didn't like that did not interest me so no. I just would just end up not eating right. and all I had in my fridge I would just go to Costco and get like a roast chicken and shred it and mm. just always have like at least I'm eating protein I'd always have string cheese there'd always be like a salad so I just was eating like too healthy yeah, yeah. and not enough so anyways um so as far as writing like physically I was like in a mental space, I didn't have enough. I didn't think I would be able to react in time. Like thinking about like right. riding my bike to work, even though it makes it so much easy easier in that commute that I had. Yeah. Um, splitting lanes in that morning traffic, and I'm complaining about something that everybody else just like. <laughs> they We're just, not, we ride motorcycles. We're not like everybody. Well, yet. okay, that's true. I'm we I'm talking special. to your listeners. Yeah. yeah. Um. No, I just didn't feel like I would be able to react in time. That's like safe. I just wasn't. I didn't feel safe enough riding a motorcycle and the first couple trips I had the first couple trips I had um there was some like weird little snafus like my roommate David and I yeah um we were gonna go to Palm Springs to that 
Paradise Road Paradise show. Paradise Road, yeah, we were out there. <laughs> Before we got out of the, like, we literally turned one corner from my house and we're making the second turn to get on the main street to get out. Yeah. Um, I crashed into him. Like I missed that one. <laughs> so first Poor of guy. all, so first of all, my bike hadn't been ridden and it had to be jump started. We couldn't push start it because the battery was super dead. Right. We finally got it started. Um, we jumped it, and it was going. And then he had been working on his bike earlier that week and um, put his tank back on his bike, uh-huh. but he never uses the petcock. Mm. Well, and this time he did because he had been working on it. So, anyways, we're pulling out of my neighborhood, and his bike ran out like. The you know it just has like a, enough gas to get it started and then sure. it run, it's like it runs out. Yeah, the carbs fall. So he looked left and I was going to turn right behind him. So I was looking right to make sure no one was coming. Even though like when you're with a bike, like obviously they're not going to pull out into full no, traffic. So you should just follow them. Check. But I, yeah, I just do. No, I and do too. I so he was already. I thought he was already going left. And so I looked right, but my bike was like rolling because I thought we were ready to go. And I didn't realize that he had stalled and I crashed into him. My bike died. We couldn't get it started again. I ran into the, like his shock and his, um, it's not a sprocket. It's the wheel that, cause he didn't have a chain then. He had a belt, the belt drive, you know, like yeah. the big back. Is that a sprocket? It, yeah, it's a belt sprocket. Whatever. Anyway, so I, I crashed into that knocked off the blinker on the front of my bike and i crashed into him and it put like a like a spur on the sprocket yeah so we figured like if he kept riding it would just like saw through his belt drive right belt right. not belt. drive just the belt just the belt yeah i'm i'm learning these terms if you mm. point at stuff on a bike i kind of know what it is you're doing fine i just I like to it. ride um so yeah so that was just like i never crashed into anybody he's like oh no worry it's my friend you know had ran into me at this thing and that thing and i'm like i know but i never fucking have, have. <laughs> so it really like it, it really hurt my ego like just i don't i just felt dumb and like just defeated and it was so stupid but and he was totally fine with it like he laughed about it he, he made me feel good about it afterwards. But just anyway, so in that moment, I was like, you probably just shouldn't even ride. <laughs> and then... You ended up not riding. No, yeah, we definitely yeah. didn't. We definitely didn't. Um, and I feel like there was another couple times where it was just like a rough... Oh, I went riding with him again. I lost my gas cap. Um, I don't know. Just like... It wasn't fun like it used to be for me. Right, where it's right. just like, you get on, you ride, you don't have to think about it. Um, I worked out all those kinks. And, um, I think the first, the first part of the summer where it was like really fucking fun was, uh, born free. Like yeah. the weather was really good. Cause it was unusually cold f- for us out here for a while. Like we almost kind of had a winter. I know, that was <laughs> it was really annoying. Um, but no born free, usually it's like 800,000 degrees and it wasn't this time. So, um, I went out to the show. Well, Thursday night, I went to the races, the stampede races, and ran into a bunch of friends. I was there. I remember. Yep. It was good to see you. And then um, Danger Dan ended up staying the night at my house that night because right. I live close enough to the racetrack. Because he's like, oh, we're just going to sleep in the truck out here. And I'm like, bro, I have an extra room. I've got a couch. Like, there's plenty of room for you and your friend here. Um so that was like, and it was like a fan moment for me because like it's Danger Dan and he was just oh, really, right. it was just, it was really fun and like nice to talk to him and, and, and get to know him. And 
yeah, just be silly and, and hear his theories and, you know, his ideas. And it was just really interesting. And that's something that I would not have been able to experience, you know? Yeah, no, I, I agree. And so that's, was, I think that's a wonderful thing about our community and people in our community. We get to, you know, Dan stayed here once, mm-hmm. maybe just a month or two before that. Mm-hmm. And that was funny because he crashed on my couch. The guy was so tired. He didn't even, he just crashed. Like he didn't <laughs> grab a blanket. I remember I, I ran to the store for some smokes or something. I came back 10 minutes later, he's crashed out. So I just threw a blanket on him and, <laughs> you know, his hat was on his face and he was out. Yeah. And uh, we woke up the next morning and did that podcast. Mm-hmm. Although I'll tell you, when we were doing that podcast, he kept getting up to get us coffee. Mm-hmm. I just had to get up and get myself coffee. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's just fine. But uh, no, he's, he's a good one. And mm-hmm. the more I get to know him, the more I like him. Yeah, uh, I got to hang out with his wife and children as well over in Durango. Uh-huh. Uh, when was that? Three weeks ago, I guess. Uh, so. The 24th. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm a fan, and I and I remember telling him. I mean, it's really great. The way he hops around the country. Yeah. This is stuff all of us have been doing for a long time. Yeah, and but I the was... the answer is he makes it really cool. Yeah, no, yeah. I was I was stoked to be able to, to share that and be a part of that, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I... I've crashed on people's couches, you know, riding across the country, and yeah. it was nice to be able to give it back and, right. and be part of it. That's right. And um, so that was, like, the first fun, exciting, cool thing that happened. And then the next night, I was going to go to Cook's Corner, but on my side of the Ortegas, it looks super shitty. So, yeah, yeah. And I didn't want to ride into it and getting colder. So I stayed. It was at, cold and it rained. Yeah, so I'm 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 glad I ended up not going. <laughs> I remember riding in the rain on that one. Yeah. I went to another um another flat track race in Paris and yeah. on Friday night and then Saturday it was a big group ride um with my friend Kenny and Rochelle and a bunch of his friends that came out from like Arizona and the East Coast. Cool. And so we had like a really nice ride through Ortega and it, and that was cool being part of that because there was a bunch of guys that have never ridden through Ortega before and it was just a really nice ride <coughs> well that's pretty yeah we we had to ride through Ortega the day before and Dan's bike was leaking so much oil he had no back brake so we would oh, all geez. you know and he of course Jerry and I would haul ass and get in front of him and then as soon as we came to a light we'd all pick a side and Dan would come hauling ass whether <laughs> the light was red or green he'd come hauling ass through the light because he had no damn brakes yeah oh, no choice there no choice yeah that was that was a lot of fun yeah so stay bo- out of the way of Dan yeah so born free weekend uh good weather I don't really know much about biker shit whatever what I just mean? know all my friends are going to be there you and- ride a bunch of bikes you know all about biker shit well I'm learning, mm. and I'm learning when and how to appreciate that kind of stuff. Um, but I was just there for, like, the social... You mean, like, the build box? Yeah, like, I don't know. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, nothing... Yeah. I just... I don't have anything... I don't have anything to add to that, so I just... I admire and support and appreciate, and that's Well, have it. you seen it? Have you ever seen a bike and thought, oh, I'd look really good riding that, or I'd feel really good riding that, I want to ride that someday? Uh, I mean, I guess... I don't really give it much thought because that's not really an option right now. Like I've got, I've got my bike and I've got Mikey's bike and that's all I can afford to have right now. So worrying about that, uh, it just, it's just not, it's just not, that's not how I collect my data. Right, listen, it's not how I collect data either, <laughs> but for the most, it's referred to as a romantic side of the brain. Mm-hmm. And for most people, that's what they get excited about. And that's mm-hmm. how a lot of motorcyclists come to be. I think they have that romantic notion. It's the same. I don't think it's any different than musicians, you know, mm-hmm. they learn to play because they've got 
a romantic notion of being on stage and being a rock star. No, for sure. I think, and I think like the, the builds and all that stuff are an art and I've had people like kind of break down, um, some builds for me and right. it was just like, holy shit. I had no idea about all that attention to detail or how thoughtful it was. And <clears throat> it's, they're artists. They are artists. They are. Um, anyways, so like for me, the born free was different. Cause like after, afterwards I, I left with, uh, my friend Savannah, we went to cook's corner and then I met my friend Jackie, and I went to her house in Newport. Sure. And then from Newport, we went to a bar in Costa Mesa. Like, just bouncing around to all these different places, and the weather was great, and I was having a good time, and my friends were having a good time. It was super easy, and everyone was super excited just because it was like, yeah. ah, summer! Yeah. Uh, it was a good out. weekend. And then on Sunday, I went back to Born Free, and then met up with another friend, and we went riding around afterwards. And it was just like, <sighs> it just felt good. It felt good to to be out and having a good time riding with my friends, finally, again. And uh, that started off, well, I guess even before that, uh, I did EDR. Mm -hmm. And then I rode to Milwaukee and did my 1K in a day. <laughs> okay, hey, you're going fast. <laughs> Let's start with EDR. Okay, we'll that, that's that's probably really the start because, because and then, you know what, this is actually a, a good subject because... I had planned on going on this trip with Mikey, my friends, Rich and Marissa, you know them, you had Rich on the show. Oh, and I know we've... Rich and Marissa well, yeah, and, me, they're good people. Yeah, no, totally. Like us, they're great people. Yeah, no, they've been really, they're really good friends, and they've been really good to me. Um, I appreciate them. I appreciate but, um, they they invited Mikey and I to come down with them to EDR, so I was already planning on going. Right, right. And... Uh, so I still went. I went with them. I went with a good group of friends. My friend Sandra rode with us. Um, I, oh, that was great. You guys look great, too. Rick yeah. was on that. Uh, the Denver's. Uh, Denver. <laughs> yeah, stopping every 50 miles for gas. But I knew what I was in for. Like, some people would complain, might complain about that, but I was like, fuck it. Yeah. Like, we're. Yeah. Oh, can you curse on yours? Are you explicit All content? You want. Uh, there's a big fat E next to America. Okay. Runner podcast, darling. Um, but yeah. E is not for everyone, it means explicit. Just a heads up. <laughs> Um, no, yeah, the weather for that was great. Nothing major happened. I mean, we all had a good time. That weekend was really good. Um, it was really just like, I think that's the first time I was able to like open up just like, what? I had no plan yeah. and that's not like me. Like usually I have everything planned. I mean, I have a lot of shit in my calendar just because I need to know like kind of where I need to be. Well, you got that whole, you're rocking the whole mom thing. Right. Thing, yeah. Right. So, um, so yeah, I, I would say actually it probably started with EDR cause that was a really good successful trip and I had like a really good time, but there was one like the second or third night, like I literally was crying because I couldn't sleep. I was like, I just want to fucking sleep. Um, well, I think that was, was that the night I'm going through downtown San Felipe? No, that was Sunday night. Oh, okay. That was just the last night. And by then... Yeah. I was just exhausted. Well, that was a good. I'm riding through downtown San Felipe, <laughs> and I'm stopped in traffic, and I'm like, curse this Mexican traffic. <laughs> and all of a sudden, someone jumps on the back of my bike, and I think, what the? Oh, <laughs> there's a pretty woman on the back of my bike, and it's Gula, and she just saw me riding down the road and jumped on the back. I, I, I held the churros. I did a job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's like, where are we going? I go, well, we're just going around the corner for churros. It's not that, but it's churros, so it's exciting. <laughs> Oh, that was good. Um, Who makes a run for churros at midnight in San Felipe? <laughs> I guess it's me. 
But yeah, so that that was a good that trip. I think probably was the one that really got my confidence. Like started again with writing. Like this is comfortable and it's fun. Um, and then from there is when I made the connection with Angel of right. like, hey, instead of shipping your bike to Milwaukee, like I'll ride it for you. Right, right. <laughs> and she agreed. Um, and that was a a cool trip. And even on that trip too, like it could have been hit or miss with the weather. Um, and I was so I rode her yeah. Dyna. You did your ride one can a day then too, right? I did. So the first, the first day I did like 420 something miles to stay at my friend Mars's house in Arizona. Okay. And then from there I went over to Flagstaff and then up through the Monument Valley Mm -hmm. and then up um, through Moab. Moab, yeah. And then is that the 70 that goes across or Uh the 40? That's the 70. The 70. So all the way up. Yeah, you're up at the 70. Right. So all the way up to the 70. And then I was, I know there's been a time where I've crossed from Utah to Colorado and went through the snow. So I was worried about the weather, like that would be the worst thing. But I thought, I think that time we had gone south and gone to Colorado Springs. I didn't realize that the 70 doesn't go up and over the mountain. There's a fucking tunnel. So like I had all my snow gear and all my chaps and all my like rubber gloves underneath my regular gloves. Like okay, I was though. ready to go. And yeah. then I'm like, oh, it's a fucking tunnel. Yeah. No, and they get the out. The Rockies is still, it's no joke. Stuff well, will blow in. And... Yeah. There was, there was a little bit of snow like, like blowing in the air, but it wasn't super, I mean, obviously it was cold, but it was just like, it wasn't even landing on the ground. Right, right. Um, so that, thank goodness, nothing terrible happened through there and then once I got to Denver it was like 80 degrees it's yep. you know six o'clock at night and I'm like why do I have all this fucking gear on <laughs> well it's better to be you know last time we went through there Annette and I on our ride mm-hmm. or her ride on Canada mm-hmm. also delivering still, yeah also delivering a bike to, <laughs> to Angel, to Angel. Uh, small world yeah, man small world. how many how many adventures can we have So that's always a joke. Anytime I say something <laughs> mad, she just goes, whatever, Dad. Oh, my you God. Know, yeah. I can picture it. She's rad. So that's a joke. And she's she's our daughter. Mm-hmm. And she uh, lived out here in Vista and got to know us all real well and then moved back to Milwaukee for college. And so Beulah took her back and then Annette took her other back with <laughs> me on the back. And they're both beautiful Harleys, mm-hmm. you know. Brand new. She takes Brand. great care of them. But I tell you, we, went, we froze go. They call it. You know, they call it the Vail Pass mm-hmm. in, in Colorado. They mm-hmm. don't call it the Rockies, per se. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it is, the weather's just weird up there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it's as weird as Donner's Pass or anything else. But it's weather. It's weather. We don't have that here in Southern California, no. so it's all, it, it seems weird. We do up north, you know, and that's always scares me. Donner's Pass scares me more than Vail Pass. But mm. regardless, it's, uh, well, and Wolf Creek Pass is the scariest, but that's, on the other side of, or south, southern Colorado. I so. don't know that I've been on any of those. Mm. But when I got into Denver, it was, it was about, oh, maybe 7 o'clock. So it was getting around sunset. And then from after Denver, it's just fucking boring. Like straight Nebraska oh. on the freeway. So there's like no point in being awake Yeah. during, you know, That's right. like riding through there in the, in the light. I mean, I don't have anything against Nebraskans or their, their cute little cities, but it's like, when you're on the freeway, it's fucking boring. Yeah. You can't tell me otherwise. Well, so I made it three-fourths of the way across Nebraska, and that's when I finally stopped and got my room, and that was my 1K. But the the funny, the funniest story was, dude, 
my eyes were so fucking bloodshot. And I don't know if it was just from the wind all day. I mean, I've got a full face. I've got, um, I've got glasses on, but still like my eyes are just completely like zombie. And also been up for 20 hours riding straight. Like it's, I just looked, I look like a crazy person. So I get to my last gas stop and I go in and I just get a half a cup of coffee and I put it on the counter and the guy's like, Oh, are y'all out of coffee? And then I looked up and he like saw my eyes. I'm like, no, I just need like a half a cup of coffee. I've been riding for almost a thousand miles and I got 70 more before my hotel. He's like, just take it. Just take it. Please leave our store. I wish I had a dollar. And I write about that in my book because I know I look scary. You never know I'm a homeowning, landowning, government worker. You know, right? They think you're a bum. And right? you feel like a bum because you know you look like you a bum. You look crazy. Oh, man. That's uh, so funny. So oh, that was the 1K. And then um, from there, I went to Wisconsin. I didn't know I was going to Minnesota. I was just like, oh yeah, <laughs> like following my GPS. Um, and so I went into Minnesota, and then, um, sorry, that's my phone. I'm gonna turn You're that off to like turn an that asshole. On, sorry. Um, on, then I stayed at Savannah's house, uh, just outside of a couple hours west of Milwaukee. That's Miss Savannah. The photographer. Rose. Uh-huh. Yeah. I um, saw her in Durango a few weeks ago. Yeah. I met her at the first Babes Right Out, like the very, like, Babes in Brago. Oh, sure. So I've known her for a while. And that's, I'm going to go, I'm going to put a pin in that and go back to that. Sure. Um, but uh, anyway, so um, I stayed at her place. We went out to breakfast the next morning. And then I met Angel in front of the Harley Davidson Museum. Like, yeah. that's where I rolled up. Which is just right around the corner from her house, yeah. No. Well, she I don't think she had a place yet. Well, she she was still, because she had just got there like two days before. I think right. she was still crashing okay. with some of the leaders somewhere. Cool. And then, so we had lunch, walked around the museum. Then I got on the back of her bike, and she took me to the airport. And, like, that was it. So that's one, the one thing about the 1K in a day. Um, I've never had to think about, well, I've only done it once, but I didn't have to think about conserving my energy for the way back. So I just fucking blew through it because there is no consequence. Like right. once, once I once made it, made it once I made it to Angel, it was just like I was done. She's driving me to the airport. The airplane is gonna fly me home. My brother's gonna pick me up. Like there's no. I just have to like have enough energy to lift my feet to get to the next. But like I didn't have to think about riding back home and right. packing and dealing with all that stuff. That is true. Every time I've done type of ride and i threatened it i talked to curtis today actually mm-hmm. he just sent me one of those texts like hey call me when you get a chance <laughs> i thought something was wrong so i called him like hey man what's up everything okay <laughs> he's like well we can get to the business uh, you know, so, <laughs> and then I, I felt kind of stupid but the, uh you know but the answer is wouldn't it be nice and maybe that's the way to do it start at your house do a 1k ride and end at your house I'm well i was thinking no you don't have to because i know i can go to reno and back and that's a thousand and twelve miles i've oh, already thought about good. it yeah sure <laughs> yeah it is it is when i did that ride 1k against Charlie a few months ago it was reno was a halfway point uh-huh see <laughs> and i knew once i got to reno of course it took me a lot longer to get to reno than i ever thought possible with you know i don't want to talk about it all right i lost the end <laughs> I lost road closers and freaking Donna's past. Oh, sure. So, yeah, those were those were two good trips that that really did boost my confidence and my comfort of riding. Yeah. Um, the big trips. Dude. Yeah. And then so after that, the next big trip I had 
Uh, after that, I was born free weekend, and then the Oregon run was my next big, big trip. <laughs> and um, my friend Asla told me about it last year, and she's like, buy your tickets. Like, they sell out in like five minutes. Right. Um, so I bought them. I didn't really have any plan. I remember I bought them in March because I was telling people about it. I'm like, oh, I want to go. I'm like, they fucking sold out in March. Like, yeah, I can't even not... invite you. Like, yeah. <laughs> sorry. It's nothing personal, but I'm just going. Um, yeah. I had a good time. I didn't. And on that trip, I also never hit bad weather. So that was really good. So it was just like more big. Well, you did hit a motorcycle problem. You had a nice. Well. There wasn't a problem, a hiccup. I had time for it. So that was okay. It wasn't like a crunch, really. Uh, So you showed up a day late, though. I thought for sure you'd be there waiting for me when I crossed the finish line. I'm just kidding. I was like, where's Beulah? They're like, who's, who's Beulah? Beulah? <laughs> that was fun, though. I think a few weeks before, you're like, I'm excited to go to Oregon. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, that'll be fun. And you're like, okay, see you later. I'm like, oh, by the way, see you in Oregon. You're like, no way! <laughs> no, that's cool. That like, great. that's, I mean, those experiences, man, it's just cool. And for and like I said, I'm usually a planner. And like, yeah, you have to buy your ticket in advance. You have to make sure you have time off. You have to make sure you've got money to, you know, handle the trip or whatever. Well, the um, money is usually pretty. I mean, I don't know about you, but it's, it's you know, it's $10 per 100 miles in gas, give or take. Mm-hmm. So you can figure whatever you're trying. If you're doing 1,000 miles, that's 100 miles. That's uh, $100 mm-hmm. in gas. And then your regular per diems. And I don't know about you, but I don't eat much on the road. I just can't. You That's know, I eat very little. I eat better when I'm on the road. Well, obviously. <laughs> because like I don't have an excuse to not go into my refrigerator. So it's like, oh, I have to eat. Um yeah. But no, like but those are like those are the details that get you to those places, but for that trip, I really had nothing in mind. I had no agenda, I had no plan, I had no I need to make sure I talk to this person, I need to make sure like I had nothing. I was so completely open. And that's one thing that, like, I don't know if you, if you caught that before, that, like, I'm not that open you're of not, a person. I'm just private. I get it. I'm private. I get it. And, um. Well, you have a good center. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure I've told you, and it's ever since the moment I met you, it's always, when I want to recenter, I call you <laughs> or talk to you. Okay. <laughs> I do. I'm, I'm pretty serious, but it's been nice lately to see you relax, <clears throat> for lack of a better term. Yeah. My history and mm-hmm. your situation has, has led me to think something very different, and I'm very proud of you as a friend. As you know, a lot of us who are your friends are proud of you, and we're all a bit worried about you. But you're rocking it. Well, I don't, I don't know what to. I don't have a choice. Yeah. Um, some people have that luxury um, where they can just fall down and like just let everything crumble around them. But I just didn't. I didn't feel like I had that luxury. Um, the luxury I did have was that I was making enough money to cover my bills yeah. and I had that freedom of time. And I'm so grateful that I used as much of that free time as I could, because like I said, now I'm working full time and I wouldn't have that freedom. And I'd be like, fuck, I wasted that time. I did not waste this time that I had. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Cause you still have a house. You uh-huh. still have. We should talk about your two beautiful boys. We will. We'll yeah. get to it. I want to talk about me and my motorcycle right now. 
two motorcycles. <laughs> your motorcycle and Mikey's motorcycle. When I met Bueller, she rolled up on. Oh yeah, Mikey's I did. Your motorcycle. Yeah. Wow, what a cool chick. <laughs> Oh, we're up at Cook's Corner. No, no, it wasn't Cook's. It was, oh, it was Hell's Kitchen. Hell's Kitchen. Mm-hmm. That's right. Right up by my house. That's right. But you, uh, what's Mikey's bike? Uh, 2005 Custom Sporty. So rigid. Uh, well, not a full, like, hardtail, but it does oh. have, it, it has the struts in the back. So, I mean, yeah, it rides rigid. Right. Yeah. Um, it feels and, like a rigid. No, no, I mean, <laughs> it is, but, like, it's not, it's not proper. We did our best. I'm working on it. I have ideas for that bike. Oh, well, it's not a big deal to rip a frame down, pull the engine out. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm waiting. I'm it's waiting time. for um for David, my roommate, to get his welding stuff all set up in the garage. We're super close. But I also have a lot to learn to figure out what I want out of this bike to like clean it, to clean it up. It runs perfect. It runs great. Knock on wood. Um, I think it was stinking a bit of oil when I first That one, it. yes, it did at the time, but the oil leak is fixed. Um, I don't know what else. I can't remember. Did it have struts then? Do you remember at all? Or did it yeah. still have this, the yeah, shocks? Yeah. So we'd already had like a couple of shitty accidents on that bike. Um, but anyways. I just was jealous. Usually I'm the one that stinks like burning oil. <laughs> you passed me and you were stinking like <laughs> The person that was riding with us, she was, her eyes were watering. All she smelled was burning oil. I heard all about it. Oh, shit. No, but that, it's it's all good now. They're both uh, in pretty good running order. Um, how do we get back here? Your beautiful bikes. Yeah, I have them. What's your other one? That's the one. That's the eight eighty three that you uh, bored out, right? Yes, it's an Iron eight eighty three, a two thousand twelve Iron eight eighty three, and I rode the hell out of it and did a lot of uh, what's the, so the pistons go like this, right? Yeah. Little and left, right, and this pi- and this pin right here, what's that called? Man, now you're making me faint. <laughs> well, that pin yeah, what w- w- was wobbly and uh, got it was going like this inside the. Yeah. Hold on, the cylinders. Right. right? Dragging on the cylinder. Yeah, and uh, so when they took it apart, um, it was it was only a couple hundred dollars more to upgrade to the twelve hundred, and I'm like, if I'm spending this much money, I don't want to get the same bike back. I'll just spend a little bit more and get the twelve hundred. But I never would have ripped apart a perfectly good motor to do it. Yeah. So I got the twelve hundred in it, and it's a big improvement. I rode one once for a while. I think the, anyways, it was like a thirteen ten. Uh huh. Sportster. Holy and boy, it put off some heat. That oh, it was so nice. To yeah, it's that throttle. It is well. So I'm not really like a performance junkie or a speed no, junkie. No, me neither. Um, but I like the response. Like when I'm trying to like pass somebody, like I can just get out of the way really fucking quick. Yeah. So I like that. Um, I don't like that I'm getting ten miles less per gallon. <laughs> no way. Uh huh. Really? I was at fifty one, and it's like at forty three. And it does okay going over the mountain passes, though? You're not choking out? You don't Mm-mm. get too rich? Yeah, okay. No, but I do. So I'm getting a new exhaust so- soon, and I've already changed out my air filter, and I haven't tuned it. So once I get the new exhaust, I'm going to go get it dyno-tuned. Sure. And hopefully that just kind of, like, dials everything in. Yeah. And then I'll start doing cosmetic stuff. Um, I've got a dent in my tank because I'm a friend of mine borrowed my bike. That seems to be a reoccurring theme. Can I just say, because I know when I got your mom's <laughs> There's a really big dent in that tank. Like, many dents. Is that the tank 
that black tank, is that what's on the Rebel that you're writing right now, or no? Oh, no, so that black tank is still on that other Oh, okay, one, okay. And that's Rebel. So the tank that had the big ding in it uh-huh. is actually out on that KZ-1000 I'm building. <laughs> I've got a KZ-1000 that I'm building, and it's got a Rebel tank on it. It's great. Whatever. And all I did was hook up the air compressor to it and blow the dents out. Unfortunately, it blew the whole tank open. <laughs> Luckily, it's still holding gas somehow. I thought the whole tank just been daisy. bent to shit. Yeah. But, you know, it's... It's going to look great to have a Rebel tank on a KZ-1000. I mean, the engine's 10 times the size of a gas tank. Oh, my God. It's going to be a good build. I've been having a lot of fun with it. I'm I need to check that out before I leave. Oh, You're yeah. The real laboratory. Yes. <laughs> I don't bring box inside the house anymore. <laughs> I used to. But no, I'll bring a set of carbs in sometime if I'm not wrenching on a tap rider. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. for the most part, it's easier to keep it all in the back. I was going to put a pin in something. So we were talking about the Oregon run. Oh, how you met Savannah. Uh, how I, oh, yeah. So how I met Savannah. Um, well, so I met her at first Babes Ride Out, and it was one of her first rides. It was a lot of – anyways, I met a lot of people yeah. for the first time at that first one. I'm sure. And to see in such a short amount of time the life changes that people have gone through. Oh, sure. Like, I have – I have – I have friends who like they've they've had a divorce, they've had, you know, people in their life pass away, they've started company. Like it's not all just sad things. No. Right. They've gotten married, they've had babies, they've like it's just these and it's not they're not small things. No. They're like huge like completely life altering things and to have the motorcycles in common. I mean that's that's the common thing that we have. Yeah. Um it's just been really neat to watch and be part of these women's lives. I never had so many women friends because I'm a pretty tough chick. Like, I didn't hang out with the PTA moms. I was in, you know, Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts. But, like, I wasn't really interested in the politics of any of that shit or, like, worried about what napkins you're going to have at the, you know, ceremonies. Yeah, like that just none of that interested me ever. Well, God bless you. Somebody's <laughs> got to do it, but it ain't me. <laughs> I get it. So, so it. finding so finding these women that were like as tough and independent as I am, but also had, you know, relationships and kids and and things like that. Like I mean, I'm not friends with every chick that rides a motorcycle, but chances are if you do, like, well, we've got that's a pretty big thing to have in common. Well, it is cuz it's not it's unusual. It's not even a religion. I think it's more important than that. I stole that line from Melissa Holden Pearson's Ratkins, by the way. She stole it from John Ryan. But those are other stories. <laughs> My point is, is that it is. It turns into lifestyle, and it mm-hmm. has very little to do with. Oh, I don't know that you know wearing leather or putting helmets on, or although you look good in chaps. I don't want to. You look very good wearing chaps, but you know, I'm just. We certainly don't party, and we're not sitting here drinking beer, drinking yeah. coffee. And, yeah, know. I'm not interested in riding, like, bar hopping or anything no. like that. I I want to ride. That's right. And I think that's a big thing that connects all people that ride. We have chosen to do things better, easier, and faster, mm-hmm. and for a lot less money, in mm-hmm. my opinion. I'm an next person in an automobile. Well, that, that was one of the reasons I really wanted a motorcycle. Like, I don't really know what the, like, the bug was where it's like, I'm going to ride a fucking motorcycle. But one of the things is, especially when my, once my kids were older and, like, I didn't have to drive them to school anymore, I had a lot of fucking free time. I was a housewife for 20 years. Right, 
And I would just use that time between eight and two (laughs) to go on adventures. And what's cheaper, like 20 bucks will fucking get you to San Diego. You can have tacos and come back home and you had an adventure that day. You know what I mean? While everyone else is at work and school, like, and I still had time to come home and do laundry and make dinner. Like, so uh, I I guess that freedom and, and it's not the same in, you know, a Prius. No. No, it's not. I mean, I reckon you can still have fun. Hang on, let's just... I reckon you can still have fun in a That's Prius. all you, Bob. That's all you. You like the bell? No, no, no. Uh, like, but your reasoning Prius. for fun it... Fun in a Prius. The, Hold my it's, coffee. It's all you. <laughs> this is all you. Let's me have fun in a Prius, Oh, <laughs> uh, But anyways, so... Because people have... People always ask, what made you want to ride? And that, like, it really just came... That free time and freedom. <clears throat> That's a big one. Plus, I'm a pretty tough chick, so I can handle it. Well, and naturally, women are tougher than men. That's always been my opinion and my view that I've seen. Sometimes, socially speaking, it doesn't always work out that way. But mm-hmm. It's really amazing uh, to see what riding a motorcycle does for women. Mm-hmm. Naturally, a society, you might look at a woman and think, well, I better hold the door open for her. Then she throws on her helmet, throws her gloves on, jumps on an oversized motorcycle, and hauls ass past you. you know? And I'm like, this is perfect. This is, this is what life's all about. I love it. I'll still hold the door open for you. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's just kind of... And, and thank you for letting men hold doors open for women. You know, cause, But at the end of the day... I'm not expecting it. I, I've always kind of like... Just make sure I can take care of myself. That's probably one of the reasons why I'm not like a big like drinker and stuff like that. Like. Right. And why I also love being on my motorcycle and not carpooling with people. Because it's like, when I'm not having fun, I'm done. <laughs> it's not like, oh, right. shit, I have to sit here for an hour, sober up, and then I can go. Like, no. Friends doing so-and-so to some boy in the bathroom. I'm done. Like, I gotta go. <laughs> Escape. Uh, <yeah>. <laughs> Eject. <laughs> Time to leave. <laughs> uh, well, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And I totally agree with you. And I think a lot of people listening to American Roadrunner podcast would agree with you. I don't think you have to plug your own podcast on your podcast. Well, it doesn't feel good. <laughs> Another know, opportunity for Bob to talk about to himself. Talk about <laughs> you know, it used to be like in radio, like every five, every ten minutes or something. It's still the law, but FCC regulation is they have to. That's why radio shows say who they are so often. They have oh. to verbally say who they are. And I think I just got into that bad habit. But I mean, whatever. You do is. you. <laughs> Welcome, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> the new thing is too, people like to just call them shows, like welcome to the show. Huh. So I don't know. Whatever. It may not be podcasts. I wonder if anyone's figured out that you're Beulah May from Girl Automoto podcast. Oh yeah, let's talk about me for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> what a great I idea. do. I do things. <laughs> <clears throat> Girl Automoto mm-hmm. podcast. I know it's my favorite female motorcycle related podcast. Let me think. Did I say that right? No. Motorcycle-related podcast with a female emphasis. Sure. That's a good one. Sure. Although you do interview men sometimes. You do. I know Connie interviewed me once. Yes. That was a good one. Well. Hookers hookers are cheaper. Are hookers cheaper than blow? Right? No. <laughs> cheaper than hookers and blow. Yeah. Let's get it right. Yeah. <laughs> Close enough. Oh, uh, that was so you time. So you can check that out. I think that was episode... Hmm. 9, 10, 11. Really? You think it was that oh, far in? I, I, you're, I, I can't remember my own numbers, let alone. Yeah, I don't know. 
Yeah, but that was that was right after Mikey's accident, and I just wasn't I just wasn't ready yet. But the show must go on. Well, because it's you. it's Connie's brainchild. Yeah, and I'll get personal. I'll tell you, Connie came to me and said, "Hey, look, I want to do another podcast, but I have to do it without Bueller, and there's no one else I'd rather do it with than you." And I thought, "You're crazy as." <laughs> Okay, hang on. Connie's married. Let's, that's all you, Beulah. Not me. Just, just to be political. Uh, but um, it was really an honor. I was very honored. And I, I, I took it with a great honor. And it was, what a wonderful time. Well, and Actually, it's... Connie sat there. I sat here. It looked just like this, believe it or not. Only with your equipment instead of mine. But, you know. And it was funny because I went on a trip with some girlfriends to Mammoth. And I was editing the podcast while I was up there because oh. we had a bunch of free time. And there are so many parts like, you can edit that out, Beulah. And I would just laugh out loud. So I'm like sitting at a laptop with headphones on, just giggling. And these girls are looking at me. What is she giggling about? Yeah. That was, that was one thing um, right after Mikey's accident. I thought for sure, like, I wasn't going to go out. I wasn't going to go do anything. I had concert tickets. I gave them away. I un-RSVP'd to a wedding. I'm like, no, I can't. I can't go. I can't yeah. deal and do and I ended up doing all of that stuff and also being wow. open to invitations from people and going up to Mammoth with my friends, Britt and Lindsay, who I met at Babes Right Out huh. fucking in Borrego right, and we're right. still friends. Um, they took me up there and had a little bit of a cry and, but also good times and just seeing new things and just doing stuff. Like I had to do stuff. Like that was the biggest thing was, like, what if I run out of shit to do? And I knew in October after Mikey's accident, I knew I was planning on going to Korea with um, my son, Jacob. He had this trip planned out. Mikey was supposed to go. That's why we got our passports. We never even had passports before. Um, so at that moment, I knew, well, I can make it to April because I have that trip to look forward to. Then it was EDR. Then it was Born Free. Then it was Oregon. Like, I just kept planning things. So I had something to look forward to and not really like on purpose necessarily, but just being open and being open to invitation. Like somebody would invite me out to dinner. Sure. Cool. Let's go. So. Glad you enjoyed today's podcast. The book, American Roadrunner, can be found on the website at AmericanRoadRunnerTheBook.com. Also on Amazon, search American Roadrunner by Bob Marshall. And of course, available in most digital formats. Find it on eBay and at ChopCult at the online store, ChopCult.com. Find us on Instagram, American Roadrunner, all one word. And keep up with us on Facebook, American Roadrunner. This has been your host, Bob Marshall, fellow wrencher, rider, adventure seeker, racer, storyteller, and author of the book American Roadrunner. Music is brought to you by Meek. Their song, Here We Are, off their album Red Sprite Lightning, Meek. Until next time, keep the rubber side down and enjoy your road.